0: Chapters 25 and 26 of Space Viking by H. Beam Piper. Read by Mark Nelson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Space Viking 25. Do you think I was afraid of Victor of Zachitl? he demanded. Half a dozen ships. We can make a new Van Allen belt around Tanith of them, with what we have here. Our real enemy is on Marduk, not Zachittle. His name's Zaspar McCann. Zaspar McCann and Andre Dunnan, the man I came out from Graham to hunt. They're in alliance, and I believe Dunan is on Marduk himself now. The delegation who had come out from Graham in the yacht of the Duke of Biggersport were unimpressed. Marduk was only a name to them, one of the fabulous civilized old Federation planets no sword had ever seen. Zaspar McCann wasn't even that. And so much had happened on Graham since the murder of Elaine Carval and the piracy of the Enterprise that they had completely forgotten André Dunan. That put them at a disadvantage. All the people whom they were trying to convince, the half-hundred members of the new nobility of Tanith, spoke a language they didn't understand. They didn't even understand the proposition, and couldn't argue against it. Patrick Morland, who was Graham-born and had been speaking for a return in force to fight against Omfrey of Glaspeth and his supporters, defected from them at once. He had been on Marduk and knew who Zaspar McCann was, he had made friends with the Royal Navy officers, and had been shocked to hear that they were now enemies. Manfred Ravallo and Boke Valkenhayn, among the more articulate of the raids za chittle now party, snatched up the idea and seemed convinced that they'd thought of it themselves all along. Valkenhayn, who had been on Gimli and talked to Marduken naval officers, Ravallo had brought Princess Bentrick to Tanith and heard her stories on the voyage. They began adducing arguments in support of Trask's thesis. Of course Dunnan and McCann were in collusion. Who tipped Dunnan off that the Victrix would be on Odholma? McCann. His spies in the Navy tipped him. What about the honest Horace? Wasn't McCann blocking any investigation about her? Why was Admiral Schefter retired as soon as McCann got into power? Well, here we don't know anything about this Zaspar McCann, the confidential secretary and spokesman of the Duke of Bigdrasport began. "'No, you don't,' Otto Harkeman told him. "'I suggest you keep quiet and listen till you find out a little about him.' "'Why, I wouldn't be surprised if Dunnan was on Marduk all the time we were hunting for him,' Valkenhayn said. Trask began to wonder. "'What would Hitler have done if he told one of his big lies and then found it turning into the truth?' Maybe McCann had been on Marduk. No, he couldn't have hidden half a dozen ships on a civilized planet, not even at the bottom of an ocean. I wouldn't be surprised, Alphon Carford was shouting, if Andre Dunnan was Aspar McCann. I know he doesn't look like Dunnan, we all saw him on the screen, but there's such a thing as plastic surgery. That was making the big lie just a trifle too big. Saspar McCann was six inches shorter than Dunnan. There are some things no plastic surgery could do. Patrick Moreland, who had known Dunnan and had seen McCann on screen, ought to have known that too, but he either didn't think of it or didn't want to weaken a case he had completely accepted. As far as I can find out, nobody even heard of McCann till about five years ago. That would be about the time Dunnan would have arrived on Marduk he said. By this time, the big room in which they were meeting had become a babel of voices, everybody trying to convince everybody else that they'd known it all along. Then the back-to-gram party received its coup de grace. Lothar Fail, to whom the emissaries of Duke Joris had looked for their strongest support, went over. You people want us to abandon a planet we've built up from nothing, and all the time and money we've invested in it to go back to Graham and pull your chestnuts out of the fire? Gehenna with you! We're staying here and defending our own planet. If you're smart, you'll stay here with us. The Bigler's port delegation was still on Tanith, trying to recruit mercenaries from the King of Trade Town and dickering with a Gilgamesher to transport them to Graham. when the big lie turned into something like the truth. The observation post on the moon of Tanith picked up an emergence at twenty light-minutes due north of the planet. Half an hour later there was another one at five light-minutes, a very small one, and then a third at two light-seconds, and this was detectable by radar and micro-ray as a ship's pinnace. He wondered if something had happened on Amaterasu or Beowulf. Somebody like Graytham or the Everards might have decided to take advantage of the defensive mobilization on Tanith. Then they switched the call from the pinnace over to his screen, and Prince Simon Bentrick was looking out of it. "'I'm glad to see you. Your wife and son are here, worried about you, but safe and well.' He returned to shout to somebody, to find young Count Stephen of Ravery, and tell him to tell his mother. "'How are you?' "'I had a broken leg when I left Moonbase, but that's mended on the way,' Bentrick said. "'I have little Princess Myrna aboard with me.' "'For all I know, she's queen of Marduk now,' he gulped slightly. "'Prince Trask, we've come as beggars. We're begging help for our planet.' "'You've come as honored guests, and you'll get all the help we can give you.' He blessed the zah invasion scare and the big lie which was rapidly ceasing to be a lie. Tanith had the ships and the men and the will to act. "'What happened? McCann deposed the king and took over?' It came to that, Bentrick told him. It had started even before the election. The People's Watchmen had possessed weapons that had been made openly and legally on Marduk, for trade to the neo-barbarian planets, and then clandestinely diverted to secret People's Welfare arsenals. Some of the police had gone over to McCann. The rest had been terrorized into inaction, There had been riots fomented in working-class districts of all the cities as pretext for further terrorization. The election had been a farce of bribery and intimidation. Even so, McCann's party had failed of a complete majority in the Chamber of Representatives, and had been compelled to patch up a shady coalition in order to elect a favorable Chamber of Delegates. And of course— they elected McCann Chancellor. That did it," Bentrick said. All the opposition leaders in the Chamber of Representatives have been arrested, on all kinds of ridiculous charges—sex crimes, receiving bribes, being in the pay of foreign powers, nothing too absurd. Then they rammed through a law empowering the Chancellor to fill vacancies in the Chamber of Representatives by appointment. Why did the crown prince lend himself to a thing like that? He hoped that he could exercise some control. The royal family is an almost holy symbol to the people. Even McCann was forced to pretend loyalty to the king and the crown prince. It didn't work. He played right into McCann's hands. What happened? The crown prince had been assassinated. The assassin, an unknown man believed to be a Gilgamesher, had been shot to death by people's watchmen guarding Prince Edvard at once. Immediately, McCann had seized the royal palace to protect the king, and immediately there had been massacres by people's watchmen everywhere. The Mardukan Planetary Army had ceased to exist. McCann's story was that there had been a military plot against the king and the government. Scattered all over the planet in small detachments, the army had been wiped out in two nights and a day. Now, McCann was recruiting it up again, exclusively from the People's Welfare Party. You weren't just sitting on your hands, were you? Oh, no, Bentrick replied. I was doing something I wouldn't have thought myself capable of a few years ago organizing a mutineering conspiracy in the Royal Mardukan Navy. After Admiral Schefter was forcibly retired and shut up in an insane asylum. I disappeared and turned into a civilian contragravity lifter operator at the Malverton Navy Yard. Finally, when I was suspected, one of the officers he was arrested and tortured to death later managed to smuggle me onto a lighter for the moon base. I was an orderly in the hospital there the day the Crown Prince was murdered, we had a mutiny of our own. We killed everybody we even suspected of being a mechanist. The moon base has been under attack from the planet ever since." There was a stir behind him. Turning, he saw Princess Bentrick and the boy enter the room. He rose. "'We'll talk about this later. There are some people here.' He motioned them forward and turned away, shooing everybody else out of the room. The news was all over Rivington, and then all over Tanith, while the pinnace was still coming down. There was a crowd at the spaceport, staring as the little craft, with its blazon of the crowned and planet-thrown dragon, settled onto its landing legs, and reporters of the Tanith news service with their screen pickups. He met Prince Bentrick a little in advance of the others, and managed to whisper to him hastily, "'While you're talking to anybody here, always remember that André Dunan is working with Zaspar McCann.' And as soon as McCann consolidates his position, he's sending an expedition against. Ta-